Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. Thank you for taking time out of your day to sit back, relax, enjoy the show with us, and what we hope is that you walk away with a little piece of mind candy, something for you to think on and uh, figure out how it plays into your life, how do you model it, how is this a part of your attribute of character and integrity. My name is Stacey Johnston. I'm honored to sit here with you and equally as honored to sit with my co-host, Kathy Holland. How are you today? I am doing great. I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I'm just grateful to be alive. Amen. Every day, cool. So we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about what this adds to your to your world as a homeschool mom, right? What this adds to your life in general. But let me ask you this: How has this changed your awareness of your communication with people? You know, when you're a little kid, you're always taught, you know, everybody's different. But I don't think it's until you have conversations like this or you have really in-depth conversations on specific topics that you realize how different people really are. So, you know, I, I just I appreciate the difference. Mm. I, I like that perspective. I like that perspective. I think it's just made me more aware of how I use words, how I I try to be more more conscious of um, my perception of what I'm talking about and their perception of what I'm talking about being the same. Because as we learned, we can take one word and three people and have three completely different concepts of what that means. Um, and so it's, I think it's made me more aware of making sure that we're talking about the same side of that word. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, and it's helped me a lot. So let's get on with this conversation. We have a, a guest, a returning guest with us today. Um, all excited to bring him in, find out what intrigued him about this openness to this conversation, and let's get it going. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, may we please return to you, Mr. Devin Schubert. How are you today, Devin? I'm doing well. Thank you again for allowing me to be a part of this. I'm excited, ladies, for what you guys are doing. So let me ask you, what what made you decide, what intrigued you about coming back and doing this podcast with us versus the MKT room? Yeah, so the Mind Candy is uh, is very exciting because I love to to hear what what the Lord says about words and just different people's perspectives as to, like you guys were talking about, you say one word and a perspective from somebody else can be, or a perception, sorry, a perception that somebody else has may not be the same perception as what I have. And so I believe that if we have clarity in the way that we communicate to each other, uh, it brings a whole new level of communication and relationships all around the table. Love it. Well, thank you for your willingness to join us. So today we're going to talk about compassion. Um, when you when you hear the word compassion, give us your definition, your perception of the word compassion. Yeah, <clears throat> compassion, compassion. When I when I think of compassion, I I visually uh, just see the the empathy, the the love that somebody has for somebody else. 
it is an inner it is not really a feeling it, it's more of of an emotion uh something that you carry um of compassion to be able to meet somebody where they're at and be able to uh, help them to be able to love them right there so that they can feel accepted the way that they are mm. i like that beautiful definition Kathy, how about you? When you hear the word compassion, what do you think about? I kind of have to agree. You know, I think compassion is being willing to to step in and pick up the slack and help help change a situation just out of love, right? not because there's anything in it for you, but just because it's the next right thing. Doing something for someone else with no expectations. Well, I love that. You know, and that right there, I think the the very last thing you said is the clicker is that with no expectation. Right? I think that I think that's a beautiful observation to make. Right. To me, when I hear the word compassion, I think about my grandmother's hug. Right. That feeling that that gave me, right, that, that warmth, that security, that safety, that, that it was okay to be me, right, whoever that was. So compassion for me is that willingness to envelop somebody else in that same kind of emotional hug. Maybe it's physical. Maybe they just straight up need a hug. Maybe they need that emotional hug or that spiritual hug, just that moment to go, it's okay to be here. It's okay to need to get better. It's okay to not be okay. And compassion for me is loving people in spite of, not because of. I absolutely agree. Devin, how about you? Yeah, that's that's really good, and it – it brings me to uh, Colossians 3 that talks about, I think it talks about that we're clothed in compassion. Uh, that, that's one of the attributes that, that we're actually clothed in. And so <clears throat> for me, I, I really just, I, I feel like it's, it's just an encompassing thing of, of becoming who we are. Are we compassionate with everyone around us? Are there certain people that we are more compassionate, more drawn to? Because each of us, you know, we can say that we don't quote unquote label people. Um, but there's people that I'm drawn to that you guys may not be drawn to. Uh, there's, you know, the other way around. That's why we, we need each other to be compassionate for each other. And there's a grace or a purpose of compassion for me to be able to help a certain type of person or to be able to, you know, certain experiences that I've been through to be able to have compassion on them to where maybe experiences or things that you guys have been through is different. You can meet them in a different different place. But I think that clothing of compassion is really, really a, a, an important type of thing that we can see that we have, we have this thing put over top of us to be able to have compassion for other people. And we need to be able to fully embrace that. What does that really look like in our lives? And for who do we recognize that and who that's for? Mm. Valid point. I like that recognition of who. I mean, do we, do we really say we don't put people in category, like you said, but we do? You know, like I have compassion for this set of people or this, this group or this individual or this lion, but, it, but I don't have compassion over here for this because that doesn't, 
it doesn't resonate with me, maybe, would be the way. I think yeah. it's things. So let me, Kathy, how about you? What, where does that take you? What's your opinion on that part? I think if you're going to be a compassionate individual, then being situationally compassionate just makes you, that's just a nice way for saying super judgmental, right? <laughs> right. I agree. Um, I don't know. I think that, you know, because I was, the Latin root for compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak, right? So I think you have to not put labels on people, but I think you have to pick your battles wisely. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, I like that too. I like that too. That brings up a really valid point. So let me ask you this. Do you think compassion is a character trait or is it a learned behavior? Can you teach compassion? Or is it a, again, is it a character trait or a learned behavior? Devin? Ooh, that's that's a loaded question. Uh, I I believe it it can be both. I believe people have, I I truly believe that compassion comes through the experiences that that you've been through um, or situations that you've seen, witnessed, things like that. That compassion uh, comes through that or just the heart that you were were born with in your DNA. Um, And so I believe it's a part of our suffering, a part of our trials and things like that that we've been through. We can learn to be compassionate. People's lives have been transformed um, and had to learn how to be compassionate to the people that they used to be um, and meet those same people. Um, so I guess I would have to say that some people are born compassionate, loving everybody that they come in contact with, being able to have a conversation with anybody and being compassionate in that way. And then there's people that were very hard and rough growing up and didn't have any compassion and their life was totally transformed. And now, uh, they're completely compassionate to all types of people. Beautiful. How about you, Kathy? Well, I have a son that was born compassionate. I have my, he is like a saint child. He just was born loving everybody. ASPCA commercials make him cry. I mean, he's just, he's just that kid. You know what I mean? But then I have two girls, and they require a little more direction as far as being compassionate, right? So, you know, I think either or, but I think the best way to teach that is to model it, right? If I'm not compassionate, why on earth would they be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We all know, as we've been around children or raised children or worked with children, they remember what they see mm-hmm. more than they remember what you say, right? 7% mm-hmm. of your words is something, but 93% of the emotion around that is attached. Yep. Unless right. they're three, then they remember all the things you say. 
That's true. That, <laughs> that's true. If we could just retain the memory of a three-year-old into our 60s, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> we could just retain that memory. Okay. So which brings me to my next question. As we work with your families, as you're raising children, how is the best way to model compassion without judgment? Right, Kathy, you said something a while ago that, that when you really understand compassion, you're free and willing to give it without an expectation. Okay? I, we had an experience on a, on a Pueblo in Albuquerque where we had a, a, we had a class going on out there, and one of their homework assignments was to perform a random act of kindness, like show some compassion, and then come back and tell us about it the next, in the next week. And what they really decided is the consensus that was planning to be kind was hard, harder than they thought. They said, you know, I recognize I open the door for people, right, and I say please and thank you, but to actually randomly seek that part of my heart that really sought out to do something kind for another person, that was harder than I thought it was going to be. And so as you're, as you're teaching this, as you're working with your people that you work with, as you model to your children, how do you model compassion without that expectation of something in return? Seven. Well, I, I, I agree. It's, 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 it's a modeling type thing. It's looking for those opportunities, um, but it's also utilizing teaching moments, you know, realizing that, you know, I'm not going to have compassion all the time. I'm, I'm going to make mistakes and being open and honest with my kids. Of, hey, you know what? Did you guys see that? You know, that lady dropped her groceries. We just kept on walking on by. We probably could have stopped and, and had helped her pick that up. And so utilizing teaching moments uh, during, during life situations to be able to draw those out. Um, I also just, just believe that in, in modeling it, there, there are opportunities to where it's just, it is the words that we say and the heart behind it. So when I try and help people get to why do they do something, uh, why should they be compassionate, um, I ask them to ask themselves why three times. So if you're going to help somebody, why? And they give me a reason. Okay, why do you want to do that? Okay, why do you want to do that? So what's the heart of it? Is it for an expectation that you want something back? Or is it because I truly love, care about people, and I want to help them? Darren loves the truth. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, I think it's, I think that's a very valid point, right? We've got to model what they see and to figure out what that truth is. Why? Where does that compassion come from for you? How about you, Kathy? So one of the best examples I can give of modeling compassion for three small kids. During Lent, right, the tradition is you give one thing up for 40 days. But we do 40 things in 40 days that somebody else needs. Mm. Right? Mm. Not your broken toys, not your pants with the hole in them, not that. We do 40 things in 40 days that somebody else needs because that's, that's what you do, right? If you have more than you need, you share it. Mm. And I try really hard to, to drive that point. What a beautiful practice to teach compassion from the get-go. You know, there's an old statement that says, we all know what a broken leg is until you have a broken leg, and then you really have a broken leg. 
Right. And so I, I feel like compassion is a thing that drives us to serve. Mm-hmm. Right. I think those, I feel like it's a driving force behind those that have a heart of service that want to see the joy in other people. Right. I, one of the things I liked the most about teaching Banson and the things that I liked the most about being a family services specialist was that moment of recognition for them when they got that gleam in their eye and that sparkle in their heart and they said, I can do this. I, I can. And that, um, right, finding that place in their heart to, to thrive it. So that, I think compassion for me is, is a compelling force. Right, for my service, that compassion for others and that compassion for, right, I ask myself all the time, if that were me, what would I need? Mm-hmm. What would I need? So, Devin, how about you? Where does that all take you? Yeah, that, 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 that resonates with me. Is that I was a social worker for 15 years. I have three adopted children. Um, and compassion is, the circumstances are, would be a little different. Um, I learned... Uh, what it means to be a father in a whole different way than having biological children. I don't have any biological children. So having compassion uh, with my children is completely different than what my upbringing was. Uh, They have trauma. They have um, some mental health struggles. And so uh, I have had to go through a special type of grace on my life to be able to work through some of those traumas that that they that they were going through the the physical abuse the you couldn't raise your voice or they would be triggered and so it was like a whole different level of of compassion to see them for who they truly were um, but not allow uh, the different circumstances to get in the way um, and seeing that in in the social work field as well it's it's not allowing the the labels to get in the way or the the struggles to get in the way but seeing the people for who they truly are. Um, was a was a huge aha moment for me for for compassion and how to be able to to relate and be able to see people for who they truly are. Mm. Beautiful. I think one of the greatest lessons we learned within that behavioral health field. I also did it for about twelve years as a family services specialist. And in that, one of the things that we learned and we taught as we trained other people that came up is that if you begin to look at the people you work with and you label them as your client. Right, and you give them that separation in your head from the very beginning, then it keeps you sometimes from being able to see the need. Right, because then you, you mm-hmm. put them into a cookie cutter with a label on them. Yep. Right, and so if you, if you step back for a minute and pretend like that was your sister or your best friend telling you that story, mm-hmm. would your response be different? Mm-hmm. Because they need the very same thing. What, what, would, what advice would you want? What would you want someone to provide for you? What would you tell your sister or your mom or your best friend? They need the very same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they don't own that place in your personal bubble doesn't mean they don't have the same need. So how do you yeah, so practice that compassion? Kathy, how about you? Where does that all take you? You spend some time as well in the behavioral health seat as a behavior management specialist. And now you raise I three think, kids. And <laughs> I think that... Uh, in that, excuse me, <clears throat> if you are going to be effectively compassionate in situations like that, then you have to be able to see the able, not the label, right? Because people that are 
in that world and in that field are all in a category. Yep. Right. So, being beyond that label and being able to get down to the cause instead of the symptoms is very important. Sounds good. Yeah, I love it. I love to see the see the able, not the label. Yeah. That's beautiful. Right. And so I think it's going to take me to one final question on compassion. Um, well, maybe not one final question. Let's go on. Devin, do you have a response? Do you have a thought on any of that? Uh, I, I love what, what you said, you know, just <clears throat> being able to see through, being able to see what through their cause. And, uh, seeing, it's really about seeing, seeing their heart and what people's hearts truly are and who they, what their dreams and what their aspirations are. And for me, the, the saying, my motto is, uh, I meet people where they're at, love them, but I don't leave them there. And to me, that's compassion, meeting in there, but not leaving in there, as long as they're the ones that want to be able to be motivated to move. Wow. I love meeting in there, but not leaving them there. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so then here's my question I'm going to ask you. How much easier is it for us to show compassion and model compassion and preach compassion to those around us than it is to offer that to ourselves? And how necessary is that? Cassie, I'm going to let you start with that. I have some friends that own a store, and they have uh, the sweetest little lady that works with them, and she does their shipping. And she always puts notes in the packages. And I ordered a package from them for my girls for Easter. And when I got the package, the note inside of it said, I give grace because I so desperately need it. Aww. And it was like the sweetest thing ever, but it was a slap in the face. I was just like, dang, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so much easier to, to be compassionate towards others' needs and wants and desires than it is to your own. Because again, Why do you, think that you have nobody to fall back on if it's all about you. Mm. True. Devin, how about you? Why is it easier for us to offer compassion to the world than it is to our very own self? Yeah, I think uh, one thing is, is that it's easier to be outward focused than it is inward focused if we're truly, if we're truly honest. Um, we're, we're able to see uh, the ability to love on somebody else than it is to be able to love for ourselves. And one of the things that I had to learn the hard way, and the Lord spoke to me, is, you know, the, the golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Love others the way that you want to be loved. But if we look at that in reverse, how can we truly love other people if we don't love ourselves first? And so if we don't have compassion for ourselves first, and get into that mindset, how can we truly wholeheartedly be able to give that uh, to other people? And what does that look like? Um, Are we doing it for some other alternative motive? Um, Because it's really self-gratifying to us. Is that really the underlying issue if we don't truly give ourselves compassion? And that's been a hard reality over this last uh, 
six months of when I love somebody, when I show compassion, am I really getting self-gratification out of that? And that's making me feel better and pushing down some of the, the struggles that I have where I feel like I should be more compassionate on myself with? Very good question. Brian, how many of us don't take the time to ask those questions of ourselves? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. So, Kathy, your business is called Guided by Grace. Right. So you have some pretty firsthand communication with yourself about the importance and the power of that, that grace. Right? And, I, Devin, like you, I totally agree. Love your neighbor as you love yourself is a beautiful thought, but what a challenge. Because if you don't love you, how do you love other people? You can't. One of the things we've learned how many times in the John Maxwell team is you heard you can't give from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't give what you don't possess. Because then, yeah. then it's not real. It's not really, it's an aspiration versus a real trait that you own. Right? Mm-hmm. So, beautiful, beautiful. All right, guys, I'm sorry that we were at a place where we're going to have to start to wind this down because I feel like this conversation could continue. Um, I love the wisdom. I love the transparency. I love the honesty in it. And um, I hope you both take some time over this next week and offer yourself compassion. So I will challenge mm-hmm. you two as we get ready to close to offer yourself compassion this week in an area where you might not have offered it before or where you might be hesitant. To our listening audience, the same thing. I challenge you to offer compassion to yourself so that you get what that feels like so it's easier to give to someone else. Devin, thank you so much for your time. Uh, again, for just showing up and doing this with us today. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today with compassion? I would like to end by saying, you know, a good lesson in compassion is when you are able to recognize that anger is a secondary emotion, right, as far as you go, as far as anybody else goes. So Mm -hmm. if you're mad, you're not just mad for no reason, right? You're mad because you're sad or you're scared or you're lonely or you know, and that is a really good lesson in compassion. So think about that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Devin, we would be honored if you'd take the stage and close our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today with compassion? Yeah, I'd love to challenge people to, when they look at somebody else, pretend like you're looking yourself in the mirror and treat them the way that you would like them to actually treat you. And through compassion, you'll be able to reach a deeper part into their heart and a relationship and touching them and transforming them in a way that you'll never, you never would have thought. 